Welcome to the Let's Talk Data podcast series presented by SAP. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season four of Let's Talk Data. Uh, season four's got a lot of interesting topics around SAP and different things going on uh, with our technology. My name is Ginger. Um, I was your host for some of the previous seasons, and I'm and host for this uh, topic. I'm really excited to be joining you because this session is really about data ops and data ops specifically how it can apply in the supply chain. So I'm. I, uh, I work for SAP. I work with uh, in the product marketing department uh, focused on SAP data intelligence. I'm actually located in the U.S. in the great state of Texas. And I am joined by two colleagues who are actually located in much better, the very awesome places to be in right now, uh, Silvio and Cassio. So thank you guys for joining. So Silvio, tell us a little bit about you and your role and where you're located and how's the weather? What's the view outside your window today? <laughs> Thanks for having me, Ginger. I'm located in Rome, actually, in Italy. Uh, the view today it doesn't look like a typical Italian weather of, of June because it's actually quite gray. So, you know, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'm, I'm part of the product management team in SAP for uh, SAP Data Intelligence and former SAP Data Hub. So I've been working on, uh, on uh, big data analytics uh, topics for uh, quite a few years now in, uh, in SAP. And you guys may recognize Silvio. He has a bunch of blogs on blogs.sap.com. He has also been, I think, on every season. This is season four. I think he was on every season, season one, two, three, because I don't like to do anything without Silvio being involved in some way. He's just <laughs> such a great asset. So thanks for joining us from Rome today. So thank you. For thanks for having me. And we have Cassio, who's also with us. So Cassio, tell us where are you, uh, what's your role, and what do you see outside your window today? Yes, absolutely. So thank you very much for, for having me, for the invite, Ginger. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so my name is Cassio. I am an enterprise architect uh, within SAP services team, uh, more specifically in the business transformation service area, where we basically do uh, customer transformation projects to the, to the enterprise intelligence. And I have been working with data intelligence for, for more or less the last two years uh, very intensively. So it's really a pleasure to do, be doing this blog. I am located in Barcelona, in, in the Mediterranean coast in Spain. And much like Silvio, it's not very typical for, for a June weather here. Uh, it's very gray. It was raining until just a, a couple of minutes ago. So not really a, a beach day, but I, I have high hopes that it will get better. Yeah, I figured it'd be beautiful there. Here it's just yeah. nice and warm in Texas, as you would expect. So the sun is definitely shining. But So Casio is really the reason why we wanted to do this data ops podcast. He's really the one that kind of gave us the inspiration because, Casio, I noticed you recently wrote a blog about data ops, uh, specifically data ops for the intelligent enterprise, and you guys can find that blog at uh, blogs.sap.com. And in that blog, you discussed data ops is really bringing together data engineering, data integration, data quality. You even went on to discuss how it brings together privacy and security to collaboratively help organizations rapidly uh, deliver data to accelerate intelligent outcomes. And I thought this blog was really interesting. And I've been reading other articles about data ops as I'm trying to learn about it myself. And I really see that a lot of times it's specific to analytics only. 
But you were really discussing data ops in the context of the entire intelligent enterprise. So I was wondering if we could really discuss data ops as a collaborative strategy to meet business needs quickly and really just to drive really confident business outcomes uh, for analytics, but also beyond that. Would you agree or disagree, or what's your take on data ops um, as for analytics versus kind of really just to drive business outcomes, Cassio? Yes, Ginger. So I definitely agree with you. I think this is a common misconception because data and analytics, they go hand in hand, right? And I think this is one of the most uh, common use cases for data. Uh, and data and data ops obviously gets associated with that. But in my positioning and my understanding, it goes even further. So we all know that enterprises uh, or modern enterprises in, in the current market, they face a dynamic world with a uh, fast changing demands. And in order to be competitive, in, in this fast-changing and dynamic world, the time you need to take for meeting those demands is getting shorter and shorter. So modern enterprises now not only use data to monitor their uh, operational uh, efficiency and their businesses, uh, or should you say analytics, but also to drive business decisions into new markets and new market segments or to develop new products using data insights. And that is only possible when you have data that has sufficient quality and is and and is delivered in a timely manner for for businesses to to make those decisions in my blog i touch briefly on those aspects of data ops which are like you mentioned ginger uh bringing together data engineering data integration uh data quality and privacy and also plus the automation of of all of that so these points, they are of extreme importance uh, as most large enterprises face still intensively fractured data envi environments. This, uh, this data, like this fracture in the data environments is only a result of how this business operates. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just how it is. But how this business operates is that you have uh, several lines of businesses, um, Line, the line of businesses, they want to have the control and rapid access to the data that they produce themselves. And most of this line of businesses, these LOBs, they operate independently from one another. So that in turn ends up creating data silos and data duplication inside the organization and data that mismatch or in, in produces duplicate work when you want to, when you try to reuse that. So having this in mind, of course, uh, in, in order to kind of like speed up the process uh, to, to use the data and to make it more effectively used inside the organization, Data Ops was born. And as you can see in the name, like semantically, it has a lot of similarities, similarities with DevOps as well, which we, we all know from for, for many, many years now, which has helped the, uh, the development organizations across the globe to, uh, to speed up code delivery and code delivery with quality. So, of course, we draw many similarities and they are definitely there. So, namely, uh, like effective communication and collaboration within the teams that, that use these, uh, these practices, um, automation, fast delivery, statistical monitoring, and all of that. And, of course, then you have all the people, processes, and tools behind it. So, in spite of all the similarities, there's also 
differences. And I think the most important one is the mindset behind this, uh, these practices. So whereas in DevOps, we have engineers uh, and full teams working on code and get the code that is definitely the end product, right? Which becomes a software and that, and, and like, so like the code is directly related to the end product. But in data ops, the mindset is different, which is you are working with the data and data itself is not a product, but it's just means to an end. What do I mean with that is that, so data, data, data analysts, data scientists, and data engineers, these, these guys are all working with, with data to extract insights, to analyze it, and post charts or uh, create new products and identify trends out of the data. And that's what generates business value. So anything spent, any time spent on the data that is not actually extracting business value from it, then it's lost time. Which means if you are spending time on the data just formatting, aggregating it, checking for quality, and uh, kind of like extracting duplicates and all of that, that is time that you're not getting back and it's not generating value. So with data ops, you plan to automate much of those tasks and so you can, so people can really focus on the, on the business value generating, uh, generating business value out of that data. So you so, can see data ops as, uh, as both a, a cultural and a technical practice, I would say. So cultural in the sense that you have to involve uh, all the people, the data stakeholders around it, and that can be from many lines of businesses, IT, it can be from, for uh, technical people, so they can communicate and collaborate effectively, but also a technical practice in the sense of perfecting the, the usage of the tools, the automation, the data pipelines, and, and so on and so forth. So in the end, what can I extract, Ginger, is a, uh, so I can see like data ops as being a supply chain for data, being much like extracting the data from the source or receiving it, uh, treating and processing it in many ways. So the many steps you take to verify for quality, the formats, the aggregation. And in the end, what you get out of the supply chain is data ready for, for usage, but it's still in this raw format. And that's where you can use it in, uh, in, in many, to, to arrive business decisions, to put it on analytical charts, and to extract trends out of it. That's really an excellent description. I have a question for you following up on that. Do you think that data ops is more challenging to implement, perhaps in DevOps, because you mentioned for this supply chain of data to work, it really has mm -hmm. to go through many different lines of business. So do you mm -hmm. think in that sense, maybe it's at least culturally more challenging than implementing DevOps, since DevOps are at least kind of all in IT, or what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think they, they both touch uh, different levels of, uh, let's say, of, of integration within the organization, but the data side of it is definitely more challenging to it. So we have many people that are, uh, that are familiar with all of the tools out there uh, for, for data, and, uh, and of course, they have the same level of proficiency as any developer that have for development, but of course the uh, the cultural and the organizational side of it, I think that's where we face the most challenges as it integrates with a lot of different silos. But I think once we can get over that, and that, that is only achieved with organization-wide 
awareness of, of all of the data and the data benefits that, that we can have, and we have a proper strategy out of it. Once we reach that point I th and, and the organization is aware of it, I think it becomes uh, as easy as DevOps as well. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned that data ops is a supply chain for data, and I want us in this discussion to really talk about a data ops strategy just for the supply chain industry. And Silvio, I know you work so closely with customers, I hope you'll kind of add on to others that you see. When I'm really looking at examples in the supply chain industry of why a data ops strategy is important for the challenges that they face. Um, so I think Cassio, you had an example you said you could share with us. Yes, absolutely. So a recent example was with a uh, food manufacturer customer here um, in, in our market. And the challenges that they were facing was that to maintain the same quality of the product uh, in, in the production line and to arriving at the destination, it depends on, on a variety of factors. And that comes from uh, the raw materials which are delivered from the suppliers as well as uh, temperature and weather conditions. So that all needs to be monitored in real time to make sure that the quality is always the same. So starting with the suppliers and, and, and the supply chain, of course, with all the data that comes in it can, from different suppliers, it can, be, it can be manual data, it can be a manual load, or it can be automatically uh, via processes or via delivery, uh, automatic delivery. And of course, th those data, so for example, uh, data from, from wheat flour, that, that is very important to know, like the humidity, the temperature, uh, the type of flour that is being used, and that varies from supplier to supplier. And some types of flour, some types of raw material will, will perform differently in different weather conditions. So it needs to be known, uh, according to the weather conditions, what type of material to use at a certain given point. So you can only do that, and to do that with, uh, with speed and agility, and of course, with quality is to have an automated process around it and to know what kind of data you're looking for. So to extract different types of data from suppliers, but in the end you want the same kind of data inside your organization, you need to build a, let's say, a data pipeline to transform and to check for quality for all of these different, uh, different suppliers of those data in the raw materials, and, but to store it in the same fashion as you have it inside your company and it can be used to, to business processes. Well, we can also think of, of, of other use cases in the supplier, in the supply chain industry. Uh, let's say warehouse suppliers, which get data from, let's say from retailers, from supermarkets, uh, and there are many of those, many different types. They also provide data back to warehouses, uh, to warehouse suppliers in very different formats but inside their organization, they only want data in the same way. So in order to do that effectively and treat the data uh, as it comes for, in different formats, you need to have a, uh, a, a data ops strategy. So you don't have to focus on the data itself, on the transformation, but only on the data usage inside the organization. Silvio, what are your thoughts around it? <laughs> well, Cassie, you brought up several very interesting points, I think. Uh, one that really uh, resonated with what I see in, in all the discussions I'm having with customers in, uh, in, in these years, I would say, uh, is the fact that you, uh, that you uh, talked 
more than once actually about business processes in particular. So the idea of using uh, data and insights derived from data uh, to drive decisions within uh, actual business processes. And for you, it's a very natural thing to uh, to, to discuss because uh, you work as a business transformation consultant. But if you think of, um, you know, of how enterprises were actually dealing with uh, analytics uh, traditionally, they were mostly used for uh, for reporting to, uh, to to the management mostly, so to support managerial processes. And uh, and if you actually start using data to drive uh, core processes, like like the processes in supply chain, it's clear that the picture is is very rapidly changing compared to what we were used to do uh, with uh, with traditional business intelligence. And I think that's that's why we see. Uh, this demand for uh, uh, an overarching approach like like data ops and uh, uh, I was thinking of uh, of an example that I saw as an, as an automotive customer in in Europe where they wanted to uh, actually use the data assets that they had already available to to improve a quality management process within a manufacturing plant so uh, in, in a very operational process I would say. Uh, and despite the fact that the, that the plant itself was mostly already automated, uh, the quality management was still manual for, for, for the most part, I would say. So um, that's why they started to collect data to help the workers in the plant in, uh, in uh, giving them uh, information and predictions about all of the pieces that were coming out of the, of the molding press in particular. And uh, but then they suddenly realized that the kind of of, uh, of uh, data uh, processing that, that they had to do was was quite different than what they they were used to do because they had some sensor data that they had to process in a streaming fashion. They had some image bitmaps that they had to process in order to uh, analyze what you know uh, the, the 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 temperature distribution of the uh, of the pieces uh, in the uh, in the molding press. And then they had the asset master data, of course, so very, very complex structured data coming from the ERP. This mix of data of different nature is what made the supply chain of data very complex in that case and very different compared to a traditional analytic use case. Because, you know, uh, when the requirement was just to build a report for, uh, for their management, of course, they, they were able to take a certain approach. But if you want to build insights that can be used to drive such an operational process, then you have to take a different approach at, at the way you are collecting the data and at the way you're processing it. And uh, and uh, as far as I saw, it's mostly the different kind of, of, of the nature of the data itself that drove the complexity in that case, because uh, they had to, at least in their first implementation, I would say they had to deal with different kind of toolings, one for each kind of data, uh, different properties of, of those data and different ways to check the quality. So as you also mentioned quality several times, which is a, uh, which is actually a critical aspect in my view. It's probably the uh, main concern because if you start using your data for driving an operational process, you really have to rely on <laughs> on the quality of the data. Otherwise, you know, you, you risk of screwing the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the whole process. So that's what made it complex, and that's why uh, putting in place an overarching methodology and approach, an organizational setup that was uh, that was fit for, for the purpose, was really uh, crucial. 
so if we if we um, if we look at how to apply data ops to some of these examples that y'all have given with the uh, quality and the plant and also just with the quality like you said with the uh, with the wheat and making sure that those that those um, uh, I guess cooking ingredients in the example that you gave right uh, Cassio earlier if, if we look at how we're going to apply data ops and, and if we consider that data ops it's not a solution or a tool right it's not something that we can just sell um, but it's really a collaborative effort as you guys were talking about that you need across multiple organizations and multiple types of roles to you know streamline and automate what do you think are some key either data points or key um, uh, things that have to be considered if you're going to start a data ops initiatives. Like Silvio, you had already talked about earlier, you just said that as companies um, want to become more data driven and move beyond analytics, right? The analytics was used for reporting in the past, but now we're looking at taking this and using it to actually make these decisions in our business processes. What do you think some things are that companies need to consider when they're going to start a data ops initiative? Yeah, I um, know. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely the status of, uh, of the transformation journey that we see happening these days in, in each and every vertical, actually, to be, uh, uh, to be honest. Especially this year, I would say the crisis is, is, you know, is, is making the change even, even more rapid because uh, companies need to react quickly need to be more agile and uh, and decisions and processes and even business models need to be based on data. Uh, so there were predictions from Forrester, if I remember correctly, about uh, data-driven organizations being five to ten times more effective in their business results compared to uh, the, the laggard companies, let's say, that are, are behind in that, in that transformation. And what I see happening is that Unfortunately for, for the enterprises, getting to become a, a data-driven organization is not easy. So uh, moving from that stage where you have your already your analytics stack, you're, you're already doing your reports with a decent quality and so on, moving to the next stage where you are able to empower all of your employees to take data-driven decisions in each and every operational process, where you are able to actually change your entire business model uh, to become uh, a data-driven business model. Think, for example, Ginger of, uh, of Kaiser, another, another customer example that we have in, uh, in manufacturing where they changed their business model to, to deliver uh, a service for compressed air instead of selling compressors uh, as products, right? So uh, that's, I think, a good example of, of how you can leverage your data to change and disrupt and innovate your entire business model. So getting there is definitely not easy because you will encounter several different challenges on, on that journey. First of all, the integration challenge. I already mentioned, you know, dealing with structured and structured and streaming data, typically in the very same project and in the same scenario. Uh, that's that's challenging. Or uh, or uh, the the different ways that you have to process your data. So in most of the projects I see in these days, there's always a mix of different engines. Uh, like uh, usage of open source engines for some machine learning algorithms and then usage of predictive analytics engine from SAP HANA, for example, or, uh, you know, other mix 
of different approaches, also mix of different skills uh, coming together. So the data scientists are typically coming with uh, their own set of skills and, uh, and their own set of artifacts that, that, they, that they've already developed and so on. The data engineers have a different background, the data architects have a different background again. So uh, that's another set of complexity. But uh, I would say that even discovering the data can be the very first tough challenge in many cases because uh, understanding which are the data assets that are currently available to all of those different people and actors uh, to implement new use cases and, uh, and innovate business processes and understanding the meaning, the exact meaning of those data assets, so the semantics, and, uh, and being able to check their quality and possibly improve their quality is probably, I uh, would say, one of the biggest challenges we, we face today. Uh, together with uh, you know other challenges which are also uh, uh, exploding like in, enforcing compliance for example and making sure that you deal sensitive data in uh, in the right way across the entire landscape you know the, with the with the deluge of data that we are seeing these days this is definitely not easy or dealing with distributed landscapes it's another it's another factor of complexity because we are seeing a strong move for companies moving to the cloud uh, in order to achieve um, stronger simplicity and, uh, and, uh, and, and agility. But the reality is that this is making the landscapes look a bit more complex because uh, a chunk of the, of the landscape typically is still remaining on-premise. Uh, the clouds are, are often different clouds, uh, you know, one cloud for CRM, for example, another cloud for ERP, another cloud for asset maintenance, uh, and so on. And, and this is not making it easier to join the dots when it comes to extracting value from the data rather than just supporting the processes from an, uh, from an operational perspective. And um, this is what we are seeing uh, in terms of, uh, of why it is difficult to become a data-driven organization and why it takes an overarching approach that involves how you're going to set up your organization. So putting together the different skills, minimizing the the ripper replace and the amount of relearning that people have to do, but trying to leverage as much as you can what you already have in place and possibly simplifying uh, the, the approach. So that's also, you know, the, the, the approach that we took uh, from SAP. So our idea was that we cannot solve it all with one product, of course. It's not a matter of a, a, pro, a magic product that, that, that solves the issue. But what we can do is that we can help organization in turning uh, more and more projects to become viable, to become uh, economically effective, let's say, and also uh, effective from a timeliness point of view. So if we can help them to simplify that landscape by delivering a solution that can help them to solve some of the challenges at least, or to simplify the way that those challenges can be addressed and to support their organizational change, then, you know, turning a project from a year and a half to three months, for example, uh, reducing the amount of effort that is needed, allowing people to more easily reuse their skills across a complex landscape. That's, that's I think, uh, the contribution we can give uh, in, uh, in uh, turning, uh, you know, in moving from, from failure to success. Mm -hmm. Cassio, what do you think are some important things that people should consider for the data ops initiatives? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so much like Silvio said, I mean, he touched some very, very good points, especially on the on the simplification, 
moving to the cloud and, and your organizational skills that, that are involved, right? So when you're talking about changing the entire organization, it's not going to happen today or tomorrow. It starts, of course, uh, little by little. So there's always a motivating factor uh, to to spark uh, to spark this kind of uh, this kind of uh, changes. There's always the it starts always with the realization, as Silvio said. So if you're if you can turn turn a one and a half year years project to only three months, then the the value is is right there. So. I'm just thinking about uh, the data quality uh, in, in the first place. You, you cannot drive business decisions with uh, with data that that cannot be that cannot be relied. And there's also the factor with data ops. It's not necessary to have data in in a single place. The data can continue to lie where it is located, and that can be data lakes, can be Business warehouses, it can be anything like that. But with the with the automation tools and everything and all of the uh, the automation and quality checks aspects that we can have in place with data ops, these, this data can become more reliable and at least be centrally accessible for the entire organization. So I'm just thinking in in, in those aspects, uh, right? So if I'm if I want to try to uh, think about some of the things that we're recommending that that people are going to need to do. They're going to need to bring in the people that are already working with the data. They're going to need to start to look at some of the key things they're going to have to do cross the lines of business and really focus on the few factors that are, are going to be most important for their success. So maybe something about focused on the data quality or the governance and really just trying to find, I think sometimes trying to find a good starting point is sometimes the biggest challenge because there's lots of different things you can tackle. But I like the, what y'all are talking about of looking at how I could take something that's maybe a, a huge project and see how can I really focus on that so that I can get the project done more quickly and really looking at how do I do that. And of course, our our systems, our distributed landscapes make it quite complex. So if we try to start to tie this Give us some examples in the supply chain, and I know, you know, of course, we're recording this during the global pandemic that we're all impacted in the three different countries that we live in, as the rest of the world is impacted. Um, you know, supply chain has been an area that's just been so, so stretched and just so challenged, and I know that data ops can really address some of these challenges. There's been such a shortfall of you know raw material and having to find new suppliers either short term or long term. SCP as a company, of course, we've been very involved in a COVID response with like providing uh, free access to our Reba network and doing other things to really help supply chain companies and other companies as well. But if we think about data ops initiatives, how they can help. So, for example, in the U.S., where some auto manufacturers were switching to make ventilators, so there's a lot of change they have to make very quickly. What are some ways that you think a data ops strategy can assist um, with a fast change? Either of y'all have any impact, any thoughts on that? Uh, yes, maybe I can start. So, I think that. In, so putting just the technical aspects in one side, right, the data aspects, if we look at the organizational aspect, which is one that we have been 
uh, talking about as being like one of the most challenging ones. So much like in DevOps, uh, one of the one of the best aspects that help you in, in dynamic environments and fast changing environments is the improved collaboration and communication that you get as a result of having a, of having this data ops and, uh, strategy in place, right? So if you have a free flowing collaboration uh, and free flowing co communication between all the departments and all the, st the data stakeholders that will result in much more productive organizations. So it, the, the information and the data does not only sit in silos, but you have those bridges uh, between between the, the stakeholders, between the people, and that is supported by all the technical aspects, will result in, uh, in an ability to change in a fast, in a fast way. Also, facilities and the automation that could enable self-service data as well. So that is a, a big, a big point in favor. So when you have machine learning assisted uh, catalogs and all the data pipelines that are automatically extracting and receiving data and treating that data, and it becomes, and in the end you have an organizational wide data catalog. So suddenly all the business users, which don't, don't necessarily have the technical skills to uh, to access and treat the data and maybe build data pipelines out of it, suddenly so become more self-sufficient in, in obtaining data from, from all across the enterprise. And the data has all kinds of value. So if these users, these business users are able to access data and consume data themselves, they might find a, a lot of insights which can help them assist in this fast change. There's also, of course, the, the possibility with data pipelines and the automation is to uh, quickly change from supplier uh, supplier data formats to one from one to the other and quickly modify and change and go through all those steps right that we mentioned to enrich transform the data to be consumable internally in the organization and this data will in turn either support uh, analytics charts, which is obviously one aspect to uh, to kind of see how the business is doing, but also understand uh, all of the, the changes that need to be done at a manufacturing level, at the supply chain to see which regions need more attention, which does not, and even to identify trends and insights. I was um, talking yesterday to a, a a friend who works for a large supply chain company and they provide you know raw materials that are used so they have a big plant in that area that they had to be shut down so they actually had someone living there to keep they have one I guess particular engine that they have to keep running or it's extremely expensive to get it back online again and when I, I talked with him and I was like how is it going he said well they're about at 40 percent capacity of where they were and he said that plant is now up and running and he said that um, overall in the company that they've had to do layoffs about 10 to 15 percent of the people and they've had done pay pay cuts across the board but he said he runs the um, the supply chain the global supply chain the global data governance in the supply chain organization that's his role he's the manager of that and he said they had not been cut at all in fact they are expanding they are taking what he's done 
uh, in the supply chain organization and rolling it out globally. Um, so for them, data, and I think Silvio, you mentioned this earlier, for in times like these, data has become even more critical. I mean, why do you guys think that that's how this particular company responded? Um, is it just because of the, I guess they just really saw that data was the one thing that they needed to help them really focus on what they needed to help the company survive through this pandemic? Um, what do y'all think about that? Silvio, what do you think? So, yeah, you know, in, in, in times like this, when the context around you is changing uh, so rapidly and, uh, and the behaviors uh, and all the factors in place are changing so rapidly, uh, you, you can't continue business as usual and you cannot rely anymore on your experience or gut feeling, which is typically the way, believe it or not, that most processes are run uh, in, a, in a traditional approach. So you need data. And uh, we saw it at the, you know at, at the most general level in these days with uh, with the COVID crisis because even the behavior of the governments in reacting to the crisis had to be driven by data and when it wasn't driven by data we saw the consequences of it uh, unfortunately you know so uh, the, you need data points to uh, to take the right decisions and typically though the 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 data points can change from one week to the next one and you have to react to that one so. That is true for uh, for uh, for governments. It's true for people, and it's true for businesses as well. So that's that's why I think the crisis is in is you know increasing the demand for uh, for uh, data driven insight uh, in businesses these days. And uh, and as I said earlier, I think the, the the best we can do from our side, from SAP, mm -hmm. is probably to help our customers in joining the dots between the data silos, which is really the, the main the main hurdle for them. So uh, uh, Cassio mentioned two, uh, two key capabilities that every approach, uh, every data ops approach has to take, uh, has to consider these days. One is a, is a data catalog. Uh, that that you need to that you need to put in place if you want to first of all understand and know your data and discover it and and uh, and and get you know the semantics of the data right and available to the to all of the stakeholders that need it and the second one is pipelining that he mentioned uh, several times so uh, which is the capability that allows actually company to join the dots between data silos so putting different data assets together correlating them and uh, and allowing uh, different processing engines to crunch all that data to uh, uh, to gather some insights because data without insights otherwise would be trivial as uh, as we know and uh, and at SAP we 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 took the decision to actually join those two main capabilities together in in one single solution to try again and and make it as simple as we can as a software provider uh, to uh, to our customers uh, to to deliver on their journey and uh, and make it as as fast and and uh, and uh, possibly low pain kind of experience. Mm -hmm. So how how does SAP help with that? I mean, we have you know Silvio, you're on the product management side. Cassio, you're on the business transformation side. So how can SAP help with connecting the dots? So from a product management perspective, uh, first of all, I would say we have to be aware that uh, the products are just one piece of the equation and, uh, and we have to act uh, in, in a way that is, you know, that is uh, consistent with that. So uh, if you look at SAP Data Intelligence, we built a product trying to put together 
all of those capabilities that are needed, so cataloging, um, pipelining, uh, data preparation, self-service data preparation, as well as machine learning, model lifecycle management, all in one single place to make it simple for our customers to adopt and uh, reduce the, uh, the complexity of their projects because we, uh, we allow them to avoid having to put together four or five different services and products as they typically would have to do otherwise. And uh, this is already a big, uh, a big step to, to, to helping them in, uh, in, in delivering on, uh, on, uh, on the promise. And then I would say the second point is being humble because we know that providing a product is not uh, providing the full solution because our customers will have then to adjust their organization, their practices, their knowledge and their skills. So for this reason, uh, in SAP Data Intelligence, we made an effort to support as many different heterogeneous engines and data sources as we can because we know that SAP products and SAP applications will only be one part of the equation in a, in a typical landscape. We know that there will be stakeholders like the typical data scientists who will want to continue using their skills and their knowledge on open source engines, for example. We know that some parts of the landscape will typically be in hyperscalers and we want to support all of those different aspects to, to allow our customers to reuse everything that they already have as much as possible. So reusing their legacy on-premise tools, reusing their hyperscalers environment, reusing their people skills, of course, with uh, with all of the open source engines. So that, that's our commitment and that's how we try and help as much as possible. And Cassio, what do you think from your from your part of the organization? Right. So just adding a little bit what so what you said, what you guys mentioned before about the pandemic, right? Why the data uh, the data positions were not affected, or, or in fact, it was even more uh, amplified, right? So I think the uh, the pandemic is affecting all of the industries to some degree or the other. Of course, some are more affected, but it's affecting us all in, in the globe, and the, the the challenge right now is how do we want the world to be shaped after it's over, right? So the organizations now can not only rely, uh, as Silvio mentioned, on the on the traditional models, but to try and extract insights and ideate and come up with new things and new ideas based on data for uh, for how they want to continue operating after uh, af in the new normal or after after this is over so i think that's why it is it is like that from my side of the organization from from sap services uh we only make a bridge uh, we of course have uh, our amazing colleagues uh from from the product side from data intelligence uh, like silvio who are who are making these amazing products and enabling the customers uh, to, to dive into this new era, and we from SAP Services can can only go into the customer and help them uh, make this bridge right to uh, to the to the to the products to their own organization. So we have several services to uh, to help the customer adjust to the product, help them understand it, and help them change the organization. It all comes, of course, with uh, with a deep desire to to help our customers be successful. And that's what we are. We are. We have been doing. We have been doing so far in SAP services. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it sounds like you really need both, right? So, Silvio, we need the products to help us really work across these distributed landscapes. But then since the organization change is a big part of it, right, we need we need able consultants, you know, Cassio, to come in and help guide that change, right? Because it's going to have to be incremental, right? You said it's exactly. not going to happen overnight. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this has been a great discussion. If you want to know more, I would say uh, just about data ops and SAP's approach. So you can check out Cassio's blogs. If you just go to blogs sap.com and search for data ops you'll find it and if you want to know about uh, business cases we talked about several in the supply chain area or if you're in another area if you want to know if you go to sap.com forward slash data intelligence use cases all one word sap.com forward slash data intelligence use cases you'll see a whole bunch of use cases of different industries that were uh, using data ops to really uh, drive these uh, business outcomes within their business processes. So thank you all for joining, and we'll see you on the next episode of Let's Talk Data. Bye for now.